Welcome to Monkey and Frank. My name is Doe and my body is Dom. And I want to talk to you today about a few things. And the first thing is, let's start with the first dream I had yesterday. I was with my father-in-law in a car and he had his friend. And they were both in the front seats and I was in the, in the back seat. And we had a trailer. And as we were driving, he turned into kind of like a dirt road. And the trailer kind of... You know, one of those camper trailers kind of skid and went into the ditch and it was stuck there. So we unhooked the trailer from the car and we drove up a little bit down the street and we saw that there was a car on our left and they had a tractor. And So I decided to get out of the, the car to go ask for help to see if he could grab his tractor and help us out. And as I knocked onto the door, there's a man that opened the door. He was bald. Well, bald. He had really, really short hair, white, but he was pissed. Like, he was so angry. And I asked him for help to go and help us. You know, I told him, my father-in-law, the trailer is in the ditch. Is it possible for you to come and help us out? And his frustration level was over the top. Like, like just over the top frustrated. And he came to help us so like he he answered like just frustrated and then when i asked for help he was so frustrated that he had to get out and help us but he, he didn't have to right and i remember the feeling that was what i want to talk about i remember the feeling of seeing him angry and not being happy like not uh, i was not laughing about it like it was not funny but i remember being like holy shit this guy is pissed but he's still helping us uh, so we just followed him you know he took his tractor but like the entire time like swearing and just kind of like throwing tools around and like being just the the most frustrated soul person i've ever met in my life and he goes with this tr tractor and we're following him and then he gets to the trailer part where the, the trailer is kind of stuck. But then the entire scene kind of changed. The trailer was kind of like in a tree, under a tree, under a branch, and it was all like covered. And the guy was pissed because now his tractor wouldn't fit. He had like a fork at the front of his tractor. He couldn't fit to get it out. So again, just like totally pissed off as he's taking out tools. But he's doing all the work, and he's just helping us like fully with his frustration and I, I my father-in-law was the same thing was like holy shit this guy's pissed off like he doesn't have to help if he doesn't want to like we were kind of left in a state where the the frustrated guy was the leader kind of thing and trying to get us out of the the ditch or whatever and the, the the camper out but the entire time being pissed so he grabs like a saw and he starts cutting up the wood like the branch that was kind of in the way and the branch fell and then in his frustration was so pissed that he grabbed the trailer with two hands and just like boom threw it <laughs> on the street where it landed super perfectly kind of attached to the car and I thought to myself like holy shit like his frustration is so powerful that he was able to move the camper with his strength like with his pure muscle strength and again even at the end I were like thank you and he's pissed gets back into his tractor and leaves <laughs> and then I woke up from that dream being like okay I don't get it because I didn't see my father-in-law yesterday I didn't deal with anybody that was uber frustrated like that or tractors or anything involving trailers but then as I'm reflecting on it more and that's why I'm talking to you guys about it like I used to be 
this type of guy where and even sometimes I am this guy like I'm just so yeah now that I'm actually talking about it sometimes I get so frustrated with life that it explodes on my wife and I'm just like frustrated no matter what she's trying to do how much she's trying to help no how much she's trying to calm me down and say it's okay just do you need a moment go downstairs and I'm just so frustrated that I can't get out of it and yet I still help I still do what needs to be done but like in a complete rage and seeing this man seeing it from like a third point of view I mean I didn't behave like that today for sure and I'm wondering if it's something that I kind of separated from me now instead of associating this type of anger with me it's this man you know in my dream it created a deassociation and even as he was frustrated I remember feeling like okay with him like that's his thing you know he's still helping us but this man is pissed and I don't know why and I don't care but there was almost like a funny about it like holy shit I've never been somebody so pissed that he can take a trailer with both hands and it's a you know like a, a camper pretty big like there's no way that would happen and and I and when I see those type of things in my dream and I wake up sometimes I feel disappointed because those are the things that make me realize that I'm in a dream and then I wake up and I get to lucid dream and I've been asking mother for lucid dreaming uh, for a while and and it's my fault right I'm not I'm the one that's not realizing like hey this is weird you know like what's going on here um, but anyways thank you mother for showing me this dream now that I'm talking about it I'm going back and forth with you um, I do feel good today and I this frustration bullshit I feel is under control I, not control I don't like the word control but healed a little bit more than it was yesterday and I appreciate that <laughs> what a dream like man was he pissed and I guess my father-in-law uh, used to be so frustrated too when I first met my wife He was an angry person uh, with his wife, with his daughters, like with the world in general. And as soon as I, not as soon, but I noticed that when I started being part of their lives, I might as well tell this story. When I first met my wife, um, she was working at the Tim Hortons and I started dating her. On the second or third date, I went to their, to their place and had dinner with the family and her aunt was there. And I remember my wife being like, oh, you know, I want to warn you, like my aunt sometimes can be vulgar or frustrated and same with my dad. So please like um, and I'm like, don't don't worry about it. You know, like my my mom was very frustrated growing up and it's all good. Like uh, I was in the love bubble. I don't know, like the first, you know, I don't know, four weeks of meeting a girl. There's always like a bubble of love that is unshakable. And you just think about that girl and you just want to see that girl no matter what. So I was in that bubble. And when I met them, they were super nice. Like the entire evening was nice. I remember at one point at dinner, my wife and her little sister, they kind of have this way of uh, talking to each other, uh, talking to each other, which is kind of rude, but it's their way of showing love to each other. They're They keep teasing each other, but the dad gets mad at that type of shit. Like, he's like, enough! Like, because he doesn't understand what's going on, but I could see it that they're, they're, 
they're teasing each other to the point where like it's vulgar and it's very and I could see as a parent like my god like my daughters are so freaking vulgar why do they keep doing that like why can't they behave a different way so that kind of feeling so I saw that but that was the the most of it and then when uh, a couple of weeks after that my 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 wife back then my girlfriend she had to move back to Trent University which is like fucking six four hours away from Ottawa I don't remember but uh, that was her last year and so I helped her move we went up there with, again with I went with her parents and my my girlfriend and we dropped off everything at Trent then I came back with her parents and then from that day every Wednesday I would go and have dinner at her parents even though Stephanie was at university at Trent University I would still did that and then every weekend I would go and drive up all the way to uh, Trent which was in Peterborough and uh, all the way to Peterborough so from Ottawa to Peterborough every Friday and then I would come back on the Sunday so that I could go back to work on Monday because I had a full-time job while she was in university studying math and every Wednesday I would go to their place and have dinner with them and often her little sister would be there and It was cool because I changed them in a way. I mean, it's, I don't want to throw flowers on my feet or whatever because I don't feel like I did anything. All I did was, I don't know, I felt right. Her mother was really... Anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, but since then, her father became less and less and less angry. And like today, when we went to their place, he's very calm now. Like, he always wants to help, even with his wife, sometimes, like... There's a little bit of frustration that comes up, but it's it's stamped like right away. Um, so I really feel proud of him, and he's kind of leading the way. And and I thought, you know, he was a frustrated one, and now I realize that now I'm still the one um, that I'm frustrated, and he's the one that kind of moved on past uh, frustration. So I want to say, you know, thank you for this uh, dream, showing me that. Hey, look at this man. He was able to surpass his anger. And now through this dream, somehow I mother healed me. Or I mean, I don't know if I'm healed, but I'm just saying like I can feel happier or less frustrated. Um, so yeah, that's, that's about it. And then, yeah, what a cool dream. So the next dream I wanted to talk to you about was um, a dream with this guy, my... He used to be my best friend. So I want to talk to you guys about him. So I met him in college at a point where I was smoking cannabis every day. And I was very depressed because going from high school to college, it felt like I had lost everything, like all of my friends, because everybody was going in this university away or that or had a job here. So it was very difficult, the transition, and it really made me depressed. I was already nervous and depressed as a kid and kind of suicidal and now I was worse and the first day that I met him at uh, college I had started computer programming he was a, a guy that had like earrings everywhere like on his face and in his tongue and I had never really seen people like that or even interacted with anybody like that growing up in a small town you never saw kind of people with tons of earrings everywhere and like the big holes in the in the ears I don't know how to call that but so 
I walk into the, the the first class and I see just nerds, and I'm sorry for labeling, but back in the day I used to be very judgmental towards others, and I'm just putting myself back in my old self, which I I would never judge anybody like that anymore. Like, but nerds, like, and I was like, oh my god, what am I doing here? I, you know, because I didn't know what I wanted to do growing up, and I just went in computer programming because my mom said, hey, there's money in there. You know, and you're good in computers. You play games all the time. You're able to build your own computers. You understand what's going on. Why don't you go in computer programming? I'm like, all right. And I get in the class, and he's the only one that's really standing out. That's not a nerd or somebody that I'm afraid to speak to. So I go and sit beside him. I'm like, hey, my name's Dom. You know, Dominic, whatever. And he's like, oh, I'm Pat. And since they, since that day, we were just hanging out. Like every day in college, like he was, he was my best friend kind of thing from that point on. And uh, we used to, you know, go out to lunch together all the time. We'd always sit beside each other. We'd help each other study. But then after the first year, he left college because of I don't know personal reason. Um, I, I don't really remember it. Um, so I kind of lost him for a little while and then I remember getting sober off cannabis because I was so depressed I was uh, I didn't know what I wanted anymore and it was very hard and I remember going to him because he was not uh, he would from my point of view he was not a cannabis smoker so I used I called him up and I went to his place and I remember crying in front of him saying hey I'm sober and it's been you know whatever two weeks and I just started sobbing and he gave me a hug and It really touched me. Like, he was the first, well, anyways, after high school, he was the first guy friend that I could really open up to. The first friend that I was able to do that with, Stefan, um, I don't know. Like, he was doing his own thing, I guess. I, I remember, like, after high school, we kind of separated a little bit for a while, and he was doing his own thing. And, uh, And I felt like I had lost all my, my best friend, like a really close person that I can cry with. Even my cousin Frank, I never really cried in front of him. It was because I was his older cousin. I was always taking care of him. And often he would show his frustration towards his problems. And I would be there for him. And I would always, you know, be there for him. Anyways, so Pat, uh, I remember when I became sober, I went to him. And I cried, and it was amazing. And then after that, we kind of separated again, where he had his own thing, his own problems. And he met this girl, um, Jasmine, and he had a kid that I kind of reconnected with him when his kid was like one. So I'm, you know, time is weird now that I'm thinking back, but I just want to paint you a picture of this guy, friend that has a big spot in my heart, but I. I no longer see him for the reasons I'm going to explain, and I want to go into it because it it's affecting me. It's heavy, and I um, it sucks. Anyways, and my dreams are showing me that I'm still attached, and I still have traumas. So I met him. He had this kid, and his wife. I always had a big attraction, kind of soul attraction with her. The way that we would look at each other's eyes, like. Um, She could see in my soul and I could see in her soul. And I could see that she was as fucked as me when it came to this darkness that I have inside of me. Um, and in a good way, right? Because I related to her. And Pat, 
was always a very calm person that wouldn't really talk about his emotions and was very much into the human experience, you know, working on playing guitar or playing basketball or having possessions and just uh, playing the Xbox and just being good at everything because he put his heart and his soul into the human experience and kind of stayed away from his feelings uh, where I was very angry and very emotional so I would always relate with his wife so me and his wife were were close I felt like we we always bonded and and growing up after that you know I had jobs and everything we would be in touch uh, where when we would have things in common like if ever I'd be in to the Xbox for a while so I'd go to his place or working out and smoking weed for a while we smoked weed you know for a long period but other than that if we were sober together and we had nothing to say or do we would say nothing and I kind of back then I couldn't sit with myself I couldn't be bored because as soon as I would be bored it's like sitting with your own feelings and I hated myself right so I always found myself really bored around him if there was nothing to do and because of that often I would kind of step away from the relationship not knowing like why I was doing it just like oh I'm bored or I thought like oh he's boring but really now that I think back on it is I was unable to sit with my own feelings I was unable to just close my eyes and take a deep breath and be okay with just here and now, right? So anyways, so my relationship with him went like this. Um, but at the same time, as my relationship with him was, you know, back and forth where I would see him and then not see him, I still was going out with my Stephanie. But my relationship with Stephanie was getting worse and worse and worse and worse. My cousin had passed away now. I was not able to sit with myself. I was angry at God, at life. Like, I didn't even believe in God anymore. Um, before Frank died, when I met my wife, I was super spiritual. I thought I had it figured out. I was a wizard. I was able to sit with myself um, because of my experience in Toronto, where I sat in front of that white wall and I kind of discovered who I really was. And um, when Frank died, it crumbled everything so now my relationship with spirituality with anything was just fucking going down and down and down and down and I would be seeing him often to escape my relationship with my wife but then as soon as we had nothing else in common um, I would go back to kind of being with my wife and we would fight and fight and fight so anyways then at one point his wife and my wife started to become friends and so we started to hang out as a couple more and more. And they would see how my relationship with my wife was fucked kind of thing. And we would always fight. So they would always try to help us. But I had a big fear of fear of myself, fear of everything. Even when I would smoke cannabis, I would have like panic attacks. And, uh, and I used to have panic attacks around them, with them. And they would always be there to, to help. Then at one point, they introduced us to MDMA. So that was the most amazing night ever. It was New Year's Eve, and him and his wife, me and my wife and another couple, um, went to uh, that place, that couple's friend's place, whatever, to celebrate, and me and my wife were just having an argument. It was insane. Like, we were 
pissed and they said you know we've got MDMA let's all do it together and I promise you it's gonna help you guys in your relationship and I and I was afraid I mean cannabis was giving me anxiety attack I can't imagine a freaking other type of drug like any type of drug I was so afraid to take any drug it'd be acid any drug I was scared shitless um so anyways we do the MDMA as kind of my wife and I are fighting they separate us and he's like here you go take this then my wife took it with his wife and then he brought us to the mirror and I look at your pupils and they were huge I'm like holy shit and then when I realized that my pupils were huge and that there was an effect happening inside of me I started to panic like hardcore I'm like dude like I'm panicking like oh my god oh my god oh my god and he takes me outside like come outside with me and he grabs both of my hands in his hands and he says talk to me what's on your mind what's on your heart and I start fucking verbal diarrhea all of my problems I'm like I don't like when she does this and I don't like when and we're always fighting and Frank died and like I start talking about everything and as I'm talking I kind of get lost in my vocabulary and I don't know if you guys ever done M before but he was looking at me in my soul and he was giving me all of the space that the entire universe had to offer like he held so much space for me while holding my hands because as I was speaking I was just looking in his soul and he was looking at me and he allowed me to just empty myself and I emptied myself fully and then when I was done he's like how do you feel I'm like I feel good and I realized that all of my anger frustration sadness fear was all gone the only thing that was left was love seriously just love and I was like I feel good and then he brought me inside sat me in front of my wife he's like go now and then my wife turned to me and looked in my soul and I looked in her soul and I knew that she was at the same place as me and I don't know what her story was when I was talking to Pat I'm guessing she was talking to Jasmine and we started to talk and for once in my entire relationship with her I heard what she was saying and I was able to give her the space of the universe while she spoke while she told me her story her point of view of what was going on in the relationship and then I told her my point of view and she listened she gave me the space so MDMA allowed us to give us space and we talked for I don't know it felt forever and we just talked and talked and talked and we stayed up all night and we saw the sunrise from like the 21 the 21st floor of uh, that friend's place and it was the most magical night like the most magical night where after my wife and I talked I remember going to my friends and we talked and going to the other friends and we talked and going to Jasmine and we talked and it was so healing so transformative the next day went to bed and we only slept like four hours woke up so tired and I realized that my anxiety was gone all of it my panic attacks were gone I was able to smoke weed like crazy like a fucking full joint to myself and I was okay like I was okay with myself 
for the first time in my life, maybe it was insane, insane. And then that happened. And then the next weekend, we did it again. And it was so healing again. And then the next weekend, we did it again. And then the next weekend or whatever, we kept doing it every weekend. And by the way, never do that. I didn't, we didn't realize on uh, what it can do to your, uh, to your brain. And I don't know if it fucked anything up. I don't think so. Um, but Jasmine and Pat were kind of in financial trouble. And they, because of DM, because of everything, we decided to invite them to our place to live at our place until they get back on their feet so that they could afford, you know, whatever they needed to afford. And when that happened, we continued doing M every weekend until it got to a point where we were doing M for the pleasure of it, not for healing. And it started to get a toll, like to put a toll on everybody. Um, we got more and more tired. We almost got sick of each other. And the relationship kind of soured on all front the relationship between me and my wife between me and pat between me and jasmine and between my wife and jasmine and it just started to get more and more sour and we stopped doing m and we were pat and i went back into cannabis hardcore but now the anxiety attacks were gone my spirituality was kind of up but i was kind of trying to force it on everybody because i was still unsure and And I still hadn't healed my issues with Frank, um, even though I had healed like many issues in general, they kind of all came back slowly and surely. And when they were able to get financially ready to get out, we broke it off, like even as, a, as friends, because it was too much what we had lived um, while they were living at our place, I think for a year, I don't know, for a while. And... When that happened, again, I lost all of my friends. Like, Pat was the only friend that I had at that time. And when they separated from us and they got their own apartment, we just stopped. We just stopped, you know, for whatever reasons. This and that, I don't want to go into details, but we just stopped being friends. And that was hard. And then, you know, years pass, and that's where I go to Peru. And then when I came back from Peru, I decided to be sober because, uh, you know, it was the beginning of my journey with you guys, like the first few months. And I was still going, I was still like having a lot of troubles handling and integrating what I had learned in Peru. Um, but I was getting better, you know, I was crying every night, I was doing the sapo breathing and the ceremonies with cannabis, but like the proper way, now that I knew that plant medicine and spirits existed and I went all in, you know, I just jumped full in, like fucking God exists, and, but I still didn't believe it, I was kind of forcing it still. Then at one point, Sam was really telling me about sobriety, And it seemed really important for me to try to be sober because I, I thought maybe it's the cannabis that's bringing me down and because I, I was still going through the super dark night of the soul where you've got all of the wisdom of spirituality, but the rewards are not yet there because you're still feeling all of the, well, for me, the frustration of life, of my traumas, of everything. 
And then I get sober, and two weeks after my sobriety, it was the uh, hardest two weeks. Like, it was super hard. This friend, Pat, hits me up. I don't remember how, but he hits me up, and he's like, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing you again. And I'm like, man, it feels so appropriate that you're talking to me at that time. And I ask him, are you sober? He's like, no. And I'm like, can I show you the proper way, you know, again, my arrogance to smoke cannabis and to be silent mind because I was really into silent mind at this point and not thinking about the future or the past. And I knew that he had, he was, from talking to him, I knew that he was going through emotional angst. He had, uh, he, he got addicted to pain pills for a while because of an accident that he had and his anxiety was through the roof and so anyways I go and I bring him to my place and it had been a while now since I had seen him and, and because I was here and now and I was practicing shame resilience I just fucking went all in and I showed him my true self my true spiritual fucking post ayahuasca self and I bring him downstairs and I do a ceremony with him I smoke and uh, I do this thing where like let's not talk let's just let the cannabis kind of do everything and I I go get him, we stay quiet and the entire time in the car, get here, I write my intention in the book and I make him write his intention, do the sage thing with him, go outside, smoke cannabis, bring him inside. But of course for me, cannabis is not the same anymore. It's like post ayahuasca and when you do ayahuasca and then you do cannabis after it just you can go into supple and so easily. So I bring him downstairs and I start doing the Wim Hof breathing with him, the sapo breathing. And I show him, you know, my way of dealing with frustration. And I start breathing, and I start breathing, and I start hitting the pillow. And then I, sh I show him how to do it as well. And he does it. And then at one point he cried, like a tear went down his face, and like as if cannabis, mother, and everything was doing something inside of him through the sapo breathing exercise that we were doing. And I thought at that moment like yes I found my best friend again like my ultimate fucking best friend yes and I could see him as a god like he looked like a god to me his beard was super long and it, it's as if like he had all of the knowledge of what I was showing him he had it already inside of him but I, I you know I, I was so uh, needy to have a friend that I didn't realize what was happening you know, he was just agreeing with all that I was saying because, yes, a part of him knew that what I was saying was true, I guess. But at the same time, I was kind of telling him, like, are, are you with me? Do you want to be silent mind with me? Do you want to do these cannabis ceremony with me and do the breathing and go in and do maybe mushroom because he had never done mushrooms? Um, well, that's not true. <laughs> There's a, Anyways, um, but mushrooms in a ceremonial way, right? And he's like, yes, man, I'm all in. Like, I could see a twinkle because he wanted a friend as well, I'm guessing. Um, I'm guessing that he didn't have it. Like, we were in a similar situation. And so then I started doing that with him. Like, every weekend I would call him up. We'd come and do a ceremony. or And then it started to be more often where I'd call him up, like, almost every night. I'd go pick him up, bring him here, do a cannabis ceremony, and... 
then at one point he's like hey let's do mushrooms together do you want to and he's like i want to get and he's one of these guys that he's all in on everything right he's strong not afraid to go head first into doing backflips to like fucking he says let's do penis envy together and i'm like all right are you sure that's insane and, and he's like yeah i want like all in and we do 3.5 grams and before the uh, the ceremony we did a ceremony where we emptied our stomach where we had drank like two liters of water and then you puke it in a bucket it didn't go really well but i like he was all in he was like he wanted to do it the right way the same way as we did in ayahuasca where uh when you do combo you drink a lot of water and then you puke it so we did that and then we do the mushrooms and he fucking like goes like he like ego death like a pure ego death but and i just go and go back to my purging of crying and feeling decay anger frustration and like pure pain physical pain like i couldn't even get up but we were stuck on the floor both of us we were on the floor we couldn't get up like as if the penis envy mushroom was just pushing us down and he went like I never had an eagle that myself, but he left his body, came back, and as he was coming back, it's like, holy fuck, like he was having a hard time, but I didn't realize it, because I didn't realize it, he was all over the place, like he was throwing himself, like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, and at one point, our wives came downstairs to kind of support us, but she had to to go back to her place because it was getting late and I was crying. I was like, please don't leave us, please. Like it was, I was going through such a hard time. It was the hardest fucking ceremony ever. Like it was so heavy and so dark and so, and we had put like the uh, throat singing from the Tibetan monk. So it was like so <laughs> profoundly shamanic, crazy experience. And uh, at one point, I get out, and I manage to start walking. Like, after, you know, whatever hours, uh, middle of the night, um, after kind of the ceremony, and he's sleeping, he's finally calmed down, and he's on uh, the mattress downstairs. And I go outside, and I have my uh, experience with cannabis, where she showed me that... I mean, I, I might as well talk about it. I love that experience. I go outside, and at this point, like, now I'm scared because the mushroom kicked my ass so fucking hardcore. I could see decay everywhere, and I couldn't get up, and I was just crying, 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 and it was fucked up. So I go outside, and I smoke a joint, and I didn't I didn't want to smoke the joint because I was still feeling high on the mushroom, but at least I could move, and I didn't want to go back to that crazy place. So as soon as I smoke the the tree in front of me it was kind of misty outside eyes show up everywhere on the trees in front of me there's only one tree it's a hazelnut tree and cannabis starts talking to me through the tree and she's like hey how you doing and i'm like holy shit like and i start having a conversation with her just like thank you for being there for me like i'm so, like i'm glad that i'm you didn't bring me back to this chaotic place that i was fucking 30 minutes ago kind of thing and then I start talking to her about like yo I'm so confused about you like every time that I smoke I feel this pain in my throat and I feel like you're gonna give me throat cancer and I'm I hate this like I I'm so confused about you like I'm I hate 
what I'm going through right now. It's dark. It's crazy. But yes, I've got like I finally met Pat, but still I'm not happy. I'm so frustrated all the time. I can't sit still. I can't play with my children. I'm always angry at my wife and I'm always feeling like I'm running away. And you're the only thing that I truly fucking love in this life and you're going to fucking kill me with the, with throat cancer. And she's like, listen, okay, look at how much you love me and look at the issues that is in front of you about the throat cancer just look at both and I, the mushroom allowed me to like kind of put both in a ball like so i could see all of the love that i had for cannabis in one spot and then i saw all of my f- pain frustration anger uh, fear like so much fucking fear in a ball of me getting throat cancer and then she's like okay now that you see both Put them together and don't think. Don't use your mind, okay? Because I was really into silent mind and she was reaffirming. Don't use all your mind. Just see the feelings and then you're going to get an answer at the end, okay? But just look at them together. So then I merge both of these balls together and they start fighting, like fighting. And when that happened, the feeling was so extreme that I jumped back in my awareness, Like, I literally jumped back, and I separated myself from these feelings, these two feelings, my love for cannabis and all of my fears and my frustration, and I saw them fight outside of my awareness. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they're no longer inside of me, because it scared me so much when they started to fight, and they were fighting now in front of me, outside of me. And when that happened, and I realized that they were outside of me there's an experience that came over me like almost as if I was going to pass out and I realized what was happening because with Sapo I knew now like when you get an experience when you get an experience like that where you feel like you're going to pass out because it's so extreme I started to breathe right away I started to do the Sapo breathing like (sighs) and automatically I put my hand on my throat where it was hurting like it did that automatically like my body went on autopilot and I love having an experience like that's the sapo experience like you just let the feeling go and you let your body go and you and you just get out of the way like basically you get out of the way you become an observer of what the fuck is happening my hand went to my throat and I was breathing hard and then in my awareness, there's a big image of me, like it's weird, like uh, I closed my eyes. Or I don't even know. My eyes were open or closed, but there's an image, like a vision that showed up and it was everything. Because when you go through an experience, it becomes your entire world. You can't think of anything else because the feelings are so extreme that it's either you die from them and you pass out or you see them and you allow them to go and be and you just breathe like do your best to just breathe and because of my Wim Hof breathing technique it's like almost a gift that I was given that I call the Sapo breathing and I just start breathing (laughs) and I see this vision of me dying in a grassy field like and it's dark and it's the I notice that the grass is uh, is a it's its own thing. Like every blade of grass was like an energy, a spirit that I that was screaming in agony. And the entire field was screaming in agony, dying with me. And 
and everything was dying now around me like everything was screaming in agony and pure darkness and I was in this grassy film and I knew that it was mother the cannabis mother and the cannabis being one kind of telling me it's okay man fucking fight fight in this grassy field for the idea that you're gonna die like fight as much as you want and I remember through my breathing I was fighting and I was crying and I was like I'm gonna die and everything is dying around me look at this misery that life is and we were all screaming and fighting and I was like a child like a like a child like fighting like even now I'm trying to move like as if I'm reliving that experience and I'm fighting and I'm fighting in that grassy field and I'm dying and I'm dying and I, the more that I fight the more that I'm dying and then I, at one point I just I let go I'm like okay I'm done fighting like I don't have any more energy and like the the penis envy had kicked my ass so much that I was out of energy I'm like okay I'm, I'm dying and I let myself die and I had my hand on my throat where it was hurting and I died of throat cancer in that vision and I and I allowed it because I I was done fighting I, I had no more energy to fight and then I died and as soon as I died everything around me exploded in color everything became like fucking rainbows and sunshine and lollipops and, and they, that crying and that that scream that everything was doing even me turned into a song as if in unison everybody was singing like the cries became a song and we died we all died together everything that was around me my awareness my everything the car the tree everything that was in my awareness died with me and now was singing a song and there were all individual voices like and then when that happened i opened like I came back to life I came back to my chair where I was with my joint in my head my, my, my hand and I opened my eyes and now not only the tree was talking to me but everything was talking to me the car the grass my awareness my archetypes everything was like hey he sees us and like look we all died together and we're we're still here like we're gonna do this dance over and over again you died for the first time how does it feel and then and i was so in shock i was just like my my mouth was wide open like what like like a cartoon like uh and and it was funny because there was some voice that was like, hey, he sees us, he sees us. And then there was other voice that was like, finally, this motherfucker thought that he was the only thing in this world. Now he realizes that we're all a part of him and he needs us as much as we need him. And like, finally, like, as if like, like fucking finally. And some voice was like, yeah, no big deal. Like, I've seen this a million times over like the first time that somebody dies and awakens to us like yeah no big deal but some of them were like welcome welcome I'm so happy and then the the guys that were angry at me for not realizing it sooner I was getting defended by the other voice where it's like come on give him a break like you've been there before too like it's not it's okay buddy my cat is purging um, it feels appropriate <laughs> but anyways um, they were all there for me and then I go it was insane like I stayed there like in pure shock and amazement at hearing all of these voices everywhere talking to me and and I it was my first I, I call it my first ego death 
because I allowed myself to die. But it's not like I went to see God. It's just like I had a vision, I had an experience with the cannabis and the mushroom that showed me that everything is alive around you and it has a voice. And I'm glad that I'm talking about it. Like, I don't talk to them enough, seriously. Like, I'm sorry to tell you the truth. Like, I feel shitty that uh, it's like the paradox of forgetting is so strong. Like, you forget the beautiful lessons that you experience and then you go to the next thing in your life, the next thing, until those lessons come back and kind of kick you in the face saying, hey, we're still here. And I and I know that. And I'm sorry. I've been back into my... as if I'm the only thing that matters. Even though not, because I'm... Uh, I feel like I'm heal I'm here to heal all of the traumas of my ancestors so it's not it's not for me anymore it's for everything but I still feel like when I'm really suffering and it's dark that I I go inwards instead of outwards to you beautiful everything this wall this pillow anyways and I go back inside after having this experience and it's beautiful and my uh, pat comes up and he's like dude it was way too much <laughs> and I'm like yeah it was insane right and he's like yeah I don't think that was a good idea like I could see like something was broken and he was still not at peace and I noticed that as well if you guys do an experience with the mushroom don't try to wrap your head of what the fuck just happened the night of just know that you're if you're feeling shitty it's fine feel shitty sit with those feelings just go to bed don't think let it go and then the next day that's where the magic kind of happens and the the following week the following two weeks you know the magic happens where you, you start getting the downloads and you start processing what just happened as traumatic as it was like it was traumatic for him and it was traumatic for me um you still feel em like uh, empty like your gas is out you, you've used so much energy in that uh, ceremony that you just let it be go to sleep and you'll get your downloads the next day so he's like man that was way too much and I'm like yeah I bring him back to his place and then the next day he's like I feel good like and then from that point on I went back to doing much like uh, that old way of being with that guy with Pat of uh, being extreme kind of thing next week the next weekend or two weekend after because I always give it two weekends to uh, release. I do another ceremony with him, but it was smaller. And during that ceremony, I notice that I, I start kind of feeling annoyed of him because he's not going through his feelings. He wants to do mushrooms for the pleasure of it, for and he's not wanting to do it like in a spiritual ceremonial way. Even the cannabis, we're going more and more away from writing our intentions doing sage we were just smoking to smoke to have fun and i didn't want that i wanted to treat the medicine with such respect but anyways so i could feel something blooming in my heart of annoyance but i was not dealing with it and i was not brave and strong enough to do something about it or to mention it because i was so afraid to lose him as a friend that there was like a paradox going and there was like a lot of um, negativity that was starting to bloom in my heart well one day we do a mushroom ceremony and it was at the beginning of COVID 
and COVID was scaring the fuck out of me because again, I had no courage. I was afraid to lose him. I was afraid still. I was angry. I was still going through the dark night of the soul. And we decided to go walk in uh, the area where I live. And he brought his bong. And he was smoking the bong right there in the public. And it was, or was it his bong? But anyways, and I was starting to feel annoyed because, man, I live here. Like, I don't want to look like an idiot. And the shame was starting to build up. And then I knew that I, I, it was the beginning of COVID, so I didn't know how crazy it was, and everybody was afraid, and I was, everybody was kind of walking. Um, if you would see kind of a pack of people, I would go around them. I didn't want to go through them. I didn't want to go near people, and he was kind of anti-COVID, you know, like there was a lot of people that were like, "Fuck this stupid virus! It's not even real," and we were high on mushroom. And again, I was feeling this negativity inside of me. But he was doing good. Like, he was super happy. And we get to a point where there's a group of kids. And I tell him, hey, can we cross the street? Like, I don't feel comfortable to going through. And he got annoyed because of this COVID thing. Like, he had some darkness, you know, anti-COVID darkness inside of him, I guess. And he's like, well, if you want to cross, you cross. And when that happened... He's like in a in a rude way almost like if you want to cross you cross but not really he was being confident right he was just telling me like hey I'm not afraid of this COVID bullshit you do you and I'm gonna do me but because I was afraid and I wanted a partner to because I really wanted a partner to go through my negativity my f darkness my sadness my fear with as if I would have like a soldier helping me because I, it was so hard to trip alone on the mushroom or t even it, like I wanted to go deeper in my healing with the mushrooms but it was kicking my ass all the time if I would do it alone so when I would do it with him I thought anyways I wanted a partner and when he did that and I'm like come on man please cross the road with me I'm afraid uh, I need you and blah blah and he's like no like you and he went through the group of kids and I went around and when that happened, I'm like, dude, come on, can we talk about this? Like, I'm afraid now. Like, we're going to be going back home, and I don't know this COVID thing. I need to talk to you about it. I want a partner in this. I need I need you. And he's like, dude, like, I'm high. I don't want to talk about this. Like, fuck off. Like, I just want to enjoy myself. No. And, I'm, and I didn't let it go. I was like, dude, please, we need to talk about it. And he's like, what? Like... I feel afraid now. You just went through those kids, and I, I feel like you're not there supporting me or supporting my wife. What if we, you have COVID right now, and we go back home, and you give it to my children and my wife, and I don't know what's going to happen. And when I said that, I kind of triggered because I kind of told him, like, hey, you're not protecting me or my wife anymore, and that triggered him, basically. And he's like, dude, fuck off. Like, I'm just trying to have a good time here, and you're bumming me out and blah, blah. And I didn't let it go. I was like, dude, I need your help. I need you. Please, let's go through your feelings. Like, if you're frustrated, let's talk about it. Like, let's do it together. I'm there. And he's like, fuck off. No, stop, stop. I don't want to talk about it. Stop. And I just didn't let it go. And then at one point, he was screaming at me, dude, like, I can't handle this right now. I'm high on mushroom. Please, fuck off. I don't want to talk about this. Like, I, I kept pushing the issue. And I didn't stop. And then at one point, he fucking ran. And he was crying, and like he was crying, and he ran away, and I was like, fuck. Because at one point, I started to be really harsh, like, dude, I want a partner in this. Come on, we can do this. Grow some balls, like, 
breathe. We got this. Like, fucking, you got this. You're strong and blah, blah. And I, I was screaming at him. And it was like, and it, it didn't help. We just went fucking dark. And he he started to run. And I was so disappointed. And I felt when I was doing that, too, like as if mother was on my side saying, you're doing the right thing. Like, you're, you, you need to continue, like, showing your strength and your courage. But I was destroying him. Like, he was on mushroom, like, and he was new to the mushroom and he was crying and he was like, fuck off. I don't want to, like I was not giving him the space that he needed to process what the fuck he was going through because of what I was putting on him. Like he didn't ask for this, right? And he was, he was the brave one. Like he was not afraid of COVID and he was doing the right thing. And like, and I, anyways, he screams and he leaves. And I, tr- and I couldn't run. I was high on mushroom too. And I get to my place and we kind of get to our place at the same time. Even though he was running, he got lost. And he called my wife and he was crying and he was like all confused and he was going through. It's as if I had put like all the darkness in the world inside of him. And I left him and I, I couldn't help him because I wanted to deal with it, uh, with this darkness instead of running away from it. And he, he ran. And then we got to our place and I couldn't. You know, like I couldn't let it go. I was like, and he went downstairs in the basement and he was going through his own thing. And at one point he screamed, like screamed to try to let it go. And uh, yeah, it was horrible. Like what a horrible experience. And I lost him uh, after that as a friend. Like we couldn't trip anymore. We, I lost him as a friend. Like he went back uh, to his life and I went back to mine. And I've never, I didn't see him since. And I feel not bad and bad at the same time like uh, to give space to people when they're going through their shit fucking give space but if you're tripping with somebody that's weak as well you gotta be careful with that like just a warning I was fucking weak what I did to him was pure weakness because I was afraid of so much and um, and again I was going through a hard time again I'm not defending I'm just telling this story to get up to this dream that I had so I dream that me and my wife uh, needed a babysitter. And for whatever reason, I called them, Jasmine and Pat, to babysit. And they said yes. And me and my wife went and we did our thing. And we were kind of in a building. And we saw this uh, orange cat that was kind of leading us. And it felt like a video game. Like he was leading us to this spot. And it's like, is that what we need to do? And then we, he led us to a door. And it's like, do you want to go outside? Or am I supposed to let you outside? As if he was a guide almost. And I opened the the door. And that's cool. Because I have an orange cat that lives with me. And he, he is somewhat of a guide when it comes to God. Anyways, but it seemed like a female cat. So I opened the door. And then Pat and Jasmine were there. And we were now inside their apartment. And my children were nowhere to be seen. But it was not important. Uh, they... Pat and Jasmine are, um, they love animals. They love animals. So they always have a ton of animals at their place. So I start dreaming like we're looking at their cats, you know, doing this and that and their animals. And it's awkward because my wife, you know, was, uh, she lost her friend too when we separated from uh, Jasmine, you know. she would, They were best friends. It was so cool to see them together. They would always laugh. So they, she lost as much as I lost at that time. And when, I did this thing with Pat. She lost Jasmine again, you know, because of me. Um, 
and well because of what happened and in that dream it was awkward but it was cool but it was awkward and we kind of just left it at that and then at one point Pat and I needed to leave I don't know why but he got into my SUV and I started to drive and the drive was kind of awkward I felt like I needed to be very careful where I was driving and as I was driving and that's another thing about dreams that are so weird I started to imagine I started to go up and up and up as if my seat was going super high and I was still driving my car but now I was like a kilometer high in the sky and I was still driving this tiny little car and I needed to manage and I was afraid because I was so high and uh, yeah I was so high that I couldn't like it was scary as if the car would tip and then I woke up and it made me realize on on uh, how much uh, yeah how much I still have trauma with him. And this dream showed me how uncomfortable I was and how high in the air when driving with him alone in a car, how scary it was for me to even think about him or even like if I would have a relationship with him in the, in the future. And it showed me like uh, how it's um, not stable. Uh, so I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to share this. I know, uh, yeah that's it for my dream thank you for listening that was super healing i guess i needed to go through it uh, i'm still digesting integrating all of this and i love you guys with all my heart monkey and frank for life and i'll talk to you guys later bye